Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, alumni, students, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm the Assistant Director of Career Services, Hannah dun, da, 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 Christian. And today we are joined <laughs> by Bob Mahovsky, who is the Director of Alumni Relations and Annual Giving at Northwest. Hi, Bob. Hi, guys. Thanks Welcome for having me. Welcome to the podcast. This is awesome. So a little background. Bob and I uh, were in the same cohort of master's program here, and we we referred to ourselves. We had a little team, so we had like pods within our cohort. We were the dream team. Bob, myself, and Matt Whipple. Shout out, Matt, if you listen to the podcast. We still remember the dream team. That's awesome that you remember (laughs) that, yes, the dream team was large and in charge back then. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, Bob, so what we typically do is we like to go rewind all the way back to young Bob days. And um, first of all, where are you from originally? Originally. Yeah, originally from South Dakota. Grew up in a small town there and uh, uh, went to the University of South Dakota for my undergraduate degree um, where I majored oddly enough in alcohol and drug studies which I get a lot of eyeball raises like that's actually a a major or what what you do with that and so my um, hope was that I was going to do prevention work so work on grants program coordinator program coordinator exactly going to communities and and try to prevent individuals from using substance abuse. And so um, that was not the option, though, that I ended up going through when I graduated. So I I ended up taking a different track um, after I graduated from USD, which was an advancement in alumni work. (laughs) So So now you run events where you give people alcohol. Exactly. (laughs) Isn't that funny how things work out? Life is crazy. (laughs) So let's go back to young Bob days in South Dakota. Yes. What was your first job? Yes. Paid? Paid job. Okay. Uh, but your parents were not paying you. Like, it wasn't for your parents. Yeah, I worked for Duluth Greenhouse, which in South Dakota, you could be 14 and and work and, in an agriculture-related position. And so that was the first position I could get. Um, and it was awesome. I, I got to work with plants and um, work in a greenhouse that was full of, you know, wonderful smelling things and awesome looking things. And it, it was great. It was It was the time of my life. What well, was it? Okay, so a little back. I, you know, yeah. I have a botany degree, right? Yeah. Was it a flowers, vegetables, a mixture of all of them? A, a little bit of mixture of everything, and so I got to learn some, you know, potting techniques and um, just bet l- you had to water a lot. Exactly, right? yes, and then clean up after a lot too. So <laughs> it was it was hard work, but I will say that I learned some valuable skills from that to help myself now have a my own green thumb, I guess what, I would say. Okay, I was going to say, so what valuable skills? That's a great like little teaser. Yeah. What, what did you learn from greenhouse labor? I, I would definitely say it really does depend on the soil that you use um, when you're planting anything. And so if you go skimpy on that, you're going to have skimpy results. And so, and then, and then the big thing is just consistency. You have to water <laughs> the plants. And so if you want them to grow, you have to water them. But then also lighting and all that goes into... Um, how the plant will grow and you know too much or too little will affect its outcome and so that was kind of some of the pieces that i walked away with when i you know do my own gardening and flower work at my own home young bob at 14 learning these big lessons yes so where did you go 
Did you work at the greenhouse like long term or yeah. through high school? Did you go to any other jobs? Yeah, I, after that, when I turned 16, I went to it was called the Parker Filter Plant and where we made airplane filters and lawnmower filters. And that was in a, a building that was probably the size of two field, Hughes field houses. And so it was wow. a, a large building, uh, had no air conditioning in it. And so when it got hot in the summers, um, it would be 110, 120 sure. in there because filters require you to put them through ovens to to uh, heat up the, the plastic around the filter to, and then to make it hard. Um, so that heated up the facility quite, quite, a, quite a bit. But um, uh, that was a job that told me maybe I should go to school <laughs> after I get done with high what school. What were you doing at the filter plant? Um, I would do, I would run um, wire through a roller and it, it rolled the wire and um, my hands were beat up every day because it would take chunks out of it. And so, um, and the, also I like to talk a lot. <laughs> and so it's hard to do when you're rolling wire. Yes. And, and you were in isolation <laughs> when you rolled the wire, they put you alone, but because I like to talk a lot, that's, that was the reason that I wasn't allowed to stand in line with other people because I would talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was the, the wire roller in the facility. How long, how long did you do that? I did that for four summers, but it paid like, it was great money back then. I, I bet I was making at least $9 an hour. Wow. Mm, so I was doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so I often ask uh, people that we have on the podcast about school choice. Mm -hmm. So when you first went to college and majored in drug and alcohol studies, did you know that's what you wanted to major in? How did you choose your school and how did you choose your major? Yeah, um, I was first looking at a school that had a strong liberal arts background. Um, USD was well-rounded because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was going in undecided. And so I knew that if I was going into look for a school that I wanted to have something that had a lot of different variety of majors and programs to consider. And with the liberal arts background, it, it kind of prepares you for a lot of different things. And so um, I liked that aspect of it. And then um, it was far enough away from home, but not too far. So that was the other <laughs> That's piece. That's always key. Yeah. And it was in-state. So I was able to take advantage of some scholarships and in-state tuition. So how did you discover alcohol and drug studies? So I, uh, oddly enough, I had it my um, freshman year, my second semester as a class, just an elective that I had, and I really enjoyed it, and um, I really connected with the faculty in the program, and they they noticed that I hadn't selected a major yet, and they they noticed that I was really liking the information that we were reviewing, and so uh, I decided to, you know, make that my major, and it was great. I had a lot of opportunities throughout the entire program. Worked on several different reservations um, within the state of South Dakota to help with prevention um, with drug and alcohol abuse, um, and I, you know, I learned um, some valuable skill sets with that too. Just being on the reservations is a completely different um, lifestyle there and and walk of life, I guess you would say. So. It was, it was a great experience. Got to go to Washington, D.C. and do some lobby work, um, which was a whole nother. That's incredible. It was. It opened up quite a few doors. Um, and for that, I will, I will always be thankful. And I'm still thankful that I did the program, but it just wasn't something that I ended up pursuing after college. Life ended up taking me in a different direction. And um, while I was at USD, I had to have a job and I worked in the call center for the foundation there. And so that's kind of where I fell into alumni and fundraising work. 
I so mean, your student employment kind of led mm-hmm. you down yes. the path where you were going to go for path. your full-time you, job. So how did you get that student job? It was, I had to get a job, I think my sophomore year, and that was one of the positions that was available. And uh, again, I like to talk. So <laughs> this seems right up <laughs> right, my alley. Right up my alley. And uh, so I applied and I was rather successful at it, raised a lot of money for the university my first year. And then from there, I was promoted to a student supervisor where I helped kind of run the call center and all that good stuff. Did that for the rest of my time at USD and then graduated. But before I graduated, my boss came to me and said, you know, this is a profession that you can actually go into. And I was like, really? (laughs) And so she told me more about it and kind of what things I could do. And so I, I said, yes, I'm interested. And so she was able to connect me with a company called Ruffalo Cody at the time who um, does phone-a-thon management. And so I worked with them for about a year, and that really allowed for me then to start the prof- this profession um, professionally. Um, so uh, what did you do at that job? What, what was your job title, and what did you actually do? So I was program manager uh, at the University of Michigan's call center. So very much it was, it was a big call s- call center operation. Um, I ran pretty much all the management side of it, making sure that we had the employees, that they were trained, um, that we were being successful with the dollars that we were raising. Um, and just overall, just making sure that it was running a strong running machine. And it was a great experience working at the University of Michigan. It's a completely different culture out there than it is in the Midwest. I mean, they claim they're the Midwest, but I don't know if that's completely true, but it, it was a great opportunity. So you said you were there for a year. Mm -hmm. And so then from there, I went to, I was actually called back to my uh, alma mater, University of South Dakota, and I worked there for five years as the assistant director of annual giving. And there I ran the call center and then also all of their additional fundraising pieces. So direct mail, e-solicitations, things of that nature. Did they, so Ruffalo Cody, so what I'm assuming is like University of Michigan is a big school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so they contracted out to Ruffalo Cody. Exactly. You were doing the program manager with that. So you were on staff for the actual Exactly. I was on staff with their foundation. So, um, but because of my experience with running call centers and also just annual giving in general, I was able to make that next move and just actually run my own program instead of having it run through a vendor. Assistant director. So you mentioned adding extra pieces on top of the call center management. Talk to me about how it, so I know as a program manager, you were still managing like the people who were calling, right? Talk to me about how assistant director is different from program manager. So as assistant director, I was um, in control of my own budget Um, I was actually making the calls of what kind of segmenting we were doing, who we were calling at what time. Um, I was creating the goals. Um, Whereas a program manager, all that information is kind of given to you. And then you're You're running the operation. Exactly. Then you're running the operation. But as the assistant director, you're kind of pulling all the strings and kind of telling how the program is going to run and then making sure it's running that way. So how do you learn how to do that? How do you learn how to do the segmentation? Yeah, I think with that was, you know, over my years of experience, you kind of learn um, the different um, benchmarks that other universities are doing and how you can tailor those to fit what you're doing. And so um, I used a lot of that that knowledge that I learned at the University of Michigan and at South Dakota to um, kind of combine those and then do that segmenting. I don't know if I'm making sense, but um, to come up with a plan of action uh, of how we're going to segment. 
And when I, you say segment, do you do certain majors? Do you do certain types of students? Yeah, it, it can get really diverse and deep. And so, I mean, you could almost lose your mind as far as <laughs> how far you want to segment. But, um, but yeah, you can do majors, years of graduation, gender even. I mean, it gets really crazy. You could really do blue-eyed men who graduated in 1956 and yes. worked in a bank. Yes, I mean, I mean, <laughs> if you have the data that allows for you to segment that way, um, you can definitely do it. And really, the data that you have, if it's really advanced and you're keeping track of a lot of different things, then you can segment like crazy. But if you're not, then you're going to have very simplistic, you know, ways of segmenting. So, um, thankfully, at all the organizations that I've been at, we've been really good at collecting a lot of different types of information that allows for us to do that. So, okay, five years there. Yes. Where does Bob's life take him next? Yeah. So then that le- that leads me to Missouri. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I worked at um, Missouri S and T for about two years. Um, in what and, position? And that was their annual giving manager position, which essentially would be running the entire annual giving program. So this was where I was actually um, running the call center, running their annual giving appeals. But then also I had the opportunity to go out and meet with individuals. Um, and ask them for upper end annual gifts. Um, so that was something that um, uh, I was able to increase um, professionally my experiences, which was great. And then I was there for about two years, and then that led me to here. What made you leave South Dakota? Did you just were you looking for a different experience? Yeah, I you know I was there for four or five years, and um, the director of the annual giving program at that time wasn't going anywhere, and so. I knew I wanted to expand my role and my experiences, and so I, I realized that I had to search elsewhere to get that experience. And so, unfortunately, I had to, well, not unfortunately, I had to leave the state, and so, which is a lot of things, that's what a lot of people have to do, is if they want to, you know, um, grow in their profession, they have to look elsewhere, and, so, and many times that leaves requires them to have to look across borders <laughs> to a different states. Yeah, I think that's a good insight. Yeah. So with the, the alumni relations, I think yeah. if anyone thinks of alumni relations, they think of phone calls, they yes. think of, of the cat callers and the yeah. folks that call alumni and ask for money. What else do you guys do as alumni relations, like yeah. to engage with yeah, alumni? Yeah, that's great. So we have um, 22 national recognized chapters. Um, they are all over the country. Um, we have one in D.C., one in Denver, a lot around this area, um, Kansas City, St. Louis. But all these chapters are really um, an opportunity for those alumni and friends that live within those cities to connect back with the university without actually having to physically drive here um, to either go to a game or to some kind of an event or just to be on campus. And so these these chapters um, get together sometimes monthly, maybe quarterly, um, but they have socials. They maybe have watch parties around a football or basketball game or they might have a university representative come where they talk to them about things that are going on here at the university. But this is really um, an opportunity for all of our alumni and friends to stay engaged with the institution, even if they can't make it back to Maryville. So that's a big piece that we do. We also have some um, key marquee um, events that we do. Uh, One of them is the Alumni Awards Banquet. And this is something that we do in September. We have seven awards that we give out annually. And this is what we like to call our Super Bowl, <laughs> because this is this is our time where we get to show off Bearcats doing their doing best. good work, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and we get all dressed up for it. And it's, is it it's, on campus? Is it? It here? is. It is. It's in the ballroom, and we uh, get all dressed up for it. We have a great meal before, 
and then we give out the awards to um, the individuals who were uh, up for that year. So um, we do that every September, like I said. And um, we also have um, Homecoming, which is another big thing, which is usually in October. Um, and we have the parade, of course. We have home the football game. But in between that, we invite back the class of um, that's celebrating their 50 years. And so like this year, that's incredible. Yeah. Right? 50 years from their graduation <laughs> um, reunion. And uh, so this year we're celebrating the class of 1970. Um, and this class is already making plans to try to corral the, the, the members um, to come back for homecoming. And we'll have a, a variety of activities for them all day on Friday and then also on Saturday. So it's, it's a pretty big event for us, which we're excited about. And then we just have a lot of other events that are one-offs. You know, maybe they might be um, donor events or they might be something tied to a capital campaign, which we are in right now, the Forever Green Capital Campaign. Um, we'll do events around that. Um, but our main goal and effort is to make sure that Bearcats everywhere are connected to the university no matter where they're at. And so it, we have to find ways to uh, creatively to find um, ways to re-engage them back into the institution. So it's whether it's through our phone calls or through the direct mail pieces that we're doing or through the events that we're doing with one of our chapters. We need to continue to push those types of programming out for alumni to find ways to stay engaged with the institution. I was going to say this past December, we had kind of a partner event. We started a new yes. thing called Northwest Grad Fest where several offices on campus partner with the Alumni Association to kind of usher the seniors as yeah. they graduate into the alumni it was a it was a big hit it was everybody was having success. a lot of fun yeah and we had the Thou center packed with i guess soon to be alumni and so that's what <laughs> we, we were giving them see. beads we were giving yeah. them pop sockets we were free beer free beer i know that was, it was everybody they was had happy. to be 21 though <laughs> i will say that and we, we made sure to card them uh but yeah it was a great event and and we were able to educate them about a variety of things the alumni association i know career services was educating them about their services i think we found three or four people jobs like the very night of grad Fest, which is right? amazing i mean that's that's bearcats helping, helping out bearcats, bearcats. <laughs> that's great and so no that's a great event and that, i think that's something that will continue and be a tradition now here at northwest and I would think for those younger graduates, you know, folks who have just graduated, the value of connecting with the Alumni Association, like not only does it connect you to the university, but that's a whole group of people in your area who could potentially give you a job, who could say, I know this person that has a job. I mean, your network is your net worth. That's yeah. what Jill says that. And I love that phrase because yeah. it's so true. And I mean, that Alumni Association, you instantly have an in, you know, this place is what you have in common. And why would you not take advantage Even of that? Even if you're in like, Denver. If you go to Denver, there right. are Bearcats in Denver, and, right? Well, isn't there like a Japanese chapter? There's a chapter there is a in one California. In Japan. I mean, yeah. It's all over the planet. <laughs> it's crazy. And that's what makes um, Northwest such a special place is it's because of the culture. Bearcats, I mean, I've been at several other universities, and none of those universities have what Northwest has. It's, it's people showing up constantly. I mean, Bearcats show up. That's just the best way I can explain it. They'll show up to events. They'll show up for one another. And that's an environment or a culture that is amazing to be a part of. And I, people feel it every day here. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear people talk about this university, it gives you goosebumps because you know what they're talking about, especially because you experienced it yourself. And so this is this is really a special place. And I know when I talk to my other peers at other institutions, they're very envious of us <laughs> because they know that we have a secret sauce here um, and they can't figure it out. 
and that's fine. They, they probably never will, and hopefully maybe they don't, um, because that that's what really sets us apart from our peers. Um, and, and we continue to produce great graduates and alumni who are doing wonderful things within their professions. But there's so many alumni and friends of the school that are giving back to this this great place in so many different ways. And um, we, I get to see that daily. And so that's really what helps me continue to want to come back to work is because I know everything that we're doing is has such a huge impact and has such a positive way to actually make change for the future. That's a and good point. Like you have a feel good job kind of, right? right? Like yeah. you're like, hey, friends, <laughs> give to the student. Hey, right? students, yeah. you're benefiting from the friends. Ex- and how can you things. say no to that? You're like, oh, it's for the kids. <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, it's for Northwest students to you know, make their way out in life after they graduate from here. And, and everyone who has come from here understands that Northwest is really where they got their start. And so um, their story really begins here. And so helping them remember that story and how they started off really gives people the, the feel goods, right? It and does, so, yeah. And however they can then, you know, re-engage back with us, whether it would be attending an event or maybe making a donation, that's all great stuff. But we just want them to stay engaged because this is, we say this all the time, we are a Bearcat family, but that's so true here. It is so true. <laughs> I mean, we are a Bearcat family and once you're family, you're family. So talk to me a little bit about We've had a couple people on, I know Egon was in the doctoral program, but talk to me a little bit about once you got here, and I don't know how long you were here before you decided to get your master's degree. Yes. I think it was maybe two or three years after I was here, I decided to, maybe I should probably take the next step. So you're an actual Bearcat too. Like yes. you came and you wanted to be a Bearcat. Right? Yeah. I was like, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm like, <laughs> this is what I want to be. And so, um, I, I did my master's work here in adult and higher education. Um, and that was a great experience. I met people like you and, and other great, um, individuals. And, but then also I was able to just increase um, my overall in- education and which was a very powerful thing for me. Now you're in the doctoral program. Talk yeah. to us about that. <laughs> Why did you choose that? Some days I wonder. Um, No, it's been a great experience. Um, This program has allowed for me to just meet incredible people, but then also to really test the limits of what I can do with my education. And so I'm working right now on my dissertation, and that is a whole... Um, beast in itself and so if I can just get through this I will I can achieve anything I can climb <laughs> right any mountain or whatever and so uh, it's it's been a great um, run and I'm looking forward to the end of it though uh-huh. awesome <laughs> talk to me about your undergraduate experience which was more right like a traditional mm-hmm. degree yeah, I was right out of high versus school. coming back as an adult oh, learner yourself yeah that's a great 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 question so it was completely different. Um, my undergrad, I felt like I was focused, but I don't think I really was. I was just kind of going through the daily, you know, rituals of going to class. But once I um, started my master's work here at Northwest, I had a wealth of information that I learned from my per- from all my jobs previously. Before, right. And so, I mean, I had the stuff that I learned in school, but all the stuff that I had learned within each of the jobs that I had performed really became valuable sources of information that I could pull to when I was trying to connect a theory with something or trying to explain a certain phenomenon. I mean, it was it was great. And so I found myself actually enjoying school much, much more because I had that experience. And I kind of felt like, oh, I kind of know what I'm talking about. And so um, that definitely helped me be more successful than 
probably someone who would have just gone directly from their um, undergrad right into a, a master's program. And then how about the PhD then like to continue yeah, that? So <laughs> I would say, are you focused, Bob? I am focused. <laughs> the, the two years of coursework was great. Um, uh, you know, really allowed for myself to become a better writer and then also just trying to be a, a better critical thinker also. Um, but now um, I'm, I'm totally doing the writing piece and it's not trying to find that balance is okay, I have life too and job. And so that's the, the piece that I'm, tr I'm trying to figure out right now is, which is a very common thing when you're doing your dissertation is where is that, that happy point of trying to accomplish everything. And so I'm figuring that out and uh, I take a little time every day to work on my dissertation and then I have to step back and then I'm back at it the next day. Um, but if I wouldn't have had my professional experience um, leading into my doc program, I definitely would have had a different lens looking at everything and everything that I was reading and everything that I responded to, it would have been differently because I wouldn't have had the knowledge of how to, you know, work with various people or um, how to um, deal with certain situations. And so um, I definitely feel like I've been, I have, a, have had that benefit. And I see that too with the other classmates of mine who are in the program. Um, they definitely pull from their own personal experiences. Um, it's like you have fuel for the fire, right? You yeah, have things to throw in there. That's if you exactly have that right. Experience. Yeah, and that's good because then you can also learn from their experiences too. Um, and so I'm, I'm thankful kind of that I did this the way that I did. I didn't just try to do it. You know, I see people, some people, you know, they do their undergrad, then they do their master's and then they move right into their doc, which that works for some people. But for me, I think I would have needed those professional and personal experiences broken up a little bit for me mm -hmm. to be able to value and, and get more out of the material that we were covering in each of those programs. That's insightful. Mm -hmm. So we always ask yeah. for your wisdom, whether it's from your work experience or from your educational experience or from your greenhouse experience. <laughs> we always ask for tips and tricks if you're um, looking to find a job or, you know, just words of wisdom that you have for somebody out there who might be in a career transition. Yeah. You know, I think in today's age, we have so many different resources that people can pull from to learn about careers or to see what other people's career paths have been. For me, I think LinkedIn is amazing. I mean, if you want to take a career or a profession, everybody should connect with Bob yes, on LinkedIn. Connect with me and I'll be <laughs> happy to to uh, be connected with you. But you can go and you can look at someone's career path and you can see what they had done to get to that point. And I think that's amazing. I mean, 20 years ago, that was really hard to do. And now you have it at your fingertips. You know, there, I feel like uh, especially Northwest does a great job of allowing students to, you know, hone their skills on uh, interviews and, and how to network with individuals. That's so true. You have to put, be able to put yourself out there at times. And so, you know, talking to someone who has a, a you know, who's in a profession, profession that you're interested in going into, talk to them. I mean, it might feel awkward at times, but you have to, you have to put yourself out there to, um, you have to be a little vulnerable to be able to grow, <laughs> I guess. And so, and that was something when I was younger, I, I was hesitant to do, but I can see how the more you do that, the better it puts yourself in a better position to actually um, learn more, maybe, maybe learn of a new job out there. But just continue to do research on areas that you're interested in and pull from different resources, you know, whether it be a personal resource or something from 
the web such as LinkedIn, those things are all valuable and you can kind of combine them all and you can start making your own assessments of, yes, I like that. Or that's like, I like how they did that where they, you know, they worked in that field first and then they moved into that next field. And so that's what I, th I think people should take advantage of is the resources that they have around them. Great answer. If someone's listening who is an alumni or going to be an alumni soon, yeah. how can they get involved with the Alumni Association? Yeah, so they can call... Friend Bob on LinkedIn. Yeah, friend me on LinkedIn <laughs> first. But we are we are all over the place. Um, if you go to the Northwest website, um, just go backslash alumni, and we have all of our information there from how to get involved with the university and the Alumni Association to the different events that we have coming up. Uh, I definitely encourage um, anyone who's, you know, trying to connect with another Bearcat to also connect with us because we can help you find that individual and hopefully reconnect you with that individual. We're here to um, make sure that our alumni and friends stay engaged with the institution. And so if you want to help us maybe put on in a future event, that's even better. And so we're always looking for more volunteers for whatever we do. But the Alumni Association is here to uh, look for look for creative ways to engage with our alumni and friends. All right, the last question, drum roll. <laughs> you already kind of talked about this, but what does it mean to you to be a Bearcat? Uh, yeah, I did kind of hit on that, that's right. Um, I would have to say that Bearcats just generally show up. I mean, they just, they constantly always surprise me, but they don't surprise me, but they do. <laughs> um, I think of the national championship in 2015 when we filled up Sporting KC. I mean, that game was just crazy. That is incredible, right? And it was all Bearcats there. And I remember just standing there right before kickoff and they were doing the BEAR chant. And it felt like it was like a Division One national championship game because there was just so many people there. And I, you know, said to the person I was sitting next to him, like, this is what Northwest is. It's people showing up at various times throughout the university's successes and supporting it. And so whether it be a, a football game or a graduation, people just show up. And so that's what makes this place so special. And I don't see that ever stopping. I mean, people are, will always love this place. And if anything, it will only just get the passion will just better and better, better right? and better. So <laughs> um, that's what it means to me. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Bob. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. All right. Well, that will do it for another Behind the Bearcat, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>